Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Take Two. Uh, if you're a Dodger fan, you're probably not watching us right now, and you're watching the game, um, like Jason and I were a few minutes ago, sporting our Dodger yes. paraphernalia. Um, but if you're not a Dodger fan, thank you. And if you didn't know there was a game on, and now I just told you and you leave, oh well. Um, anyway, we're glad you guys are here and able to join us either live or watching at your leisure. And we hope this conversation sparks more conversation with you. As you can see, I have Jason here with me tonight. Thanks, Jason, for being here. And let's jump right into just kind of what I talked about Sunday. Sunday, continuing the series on the politics of Jesus, Jesus in chapter 6 of Matthew, he, he's going through what was considered the really the three foundations of righteousness, according to the Pharisees at the time of Jesus. And that was giving alms or giving to the poor, prayer, and fasting. Those were the three things uh, that they kind of associated with being righteous, right, before God. Um, And then Jesus kind of deals with it, but he deals with it on a very, you know, again, undermining where they were and showing the hypocrisy. And so Sunday was kind of about hypocrisy. Gil's watching us and the Dodgers. <laughs> Just don't tell us the score after right now because we know what it is right now. Um, and so when he started dealing with that, you know, uh, he talks about doing things to be seen. Earlier, he talked about doing good works so that people can see your good works. The difference here is in order to be seen, right? Um and let me kind of ask you this idea of hypocrisy and doing things in order to be seen. Um, how has that, and I want to, because I know you and I can can start blasting a lot of things that we've seen being in church, and I don't want to go there, right? I don't want to just like, oh, let's blast everybody who we know. I've got names for you, <laughs> right? Let, let, I want to talk about maybe the struggles that we have, Okay and the things that we have. And have you struggled in that way, uh, growing up in church, serving in church, uh, doing things in order to be seen? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah. we, I think we all do. I think there's, especially working at a church, there's things that we would do, you know, people don't we don't see it, and you, you would want people to know. Be like, yeah. hey, look, I did fill in the blank. I did this. Um, but... Yeah, I, I, it's, do you think it's more prevalent in that scenario? In other words, because you work at a church, because you're doing something that's quote spiritual, do you think it's more prevalent to try and be, uh, hypocritical because you want to elevate that aspect? Uh, boy, it's a good question. Um, yeah, because sometimes when, man as you work at the church kind of you, you want you kind of want people to see the sacrifice you make mm-hmm. but you know i mean now i mean i've been haven't been done that for, it's been t- 10 years now mm-hmm. and it's like wow and uh i seem like life is different now yeah and you know uh 
but when I did, there was times that, you know, I wanted people to know, like, you know, hey, look, I'm, this is a sacrifice, you know, I don't get paid big bucks, you know, yeah. uh, I don't have a house, I don't have, you know, but, yeah, I mean, I, I could see what you're saying. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because because you had been in that area, and then you had been just working like at, you know, Sprouts in different places, it seems to me, at least it's been true for my life, you know, not just to throw this at you, but in my life as well, the areas where hypocrisy tends to rise up are in these areas, right? In like the areas of giving, uh, the areas of prayer, or the areas of fasting, or the areas of spirituality, right? It, it seems like there's this thing within us that wants people to know how good we are, right? Um, and so I have found that that has happened with me more probably in my, you know, religious church, whatever life you want to call it, than it did the times I worked construction or whatever, right? I still would want people to know I did a good job, but it seemed more prevalent to me then. And does that seem true to you? Yeah, I mean, even when, we, when I worked at Sprouts, I'm not there anymore, thank God, but... Uh, <laughs> but uh, we, How do you we, really feel? Oh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, but uh, we they used to give us, like the managers, if they saw us doing extra work, we got a $5 star card. And, you know, I was just thinking, like, sometimes I would want the manager to know, I'm like, hey, I cleaned this extra stuff today. And yeah. Because I knew I'd get a $5 star card, you know. And But once I got the position of a, I was a, kind of a manager position there, I did, I would go out of my way just to make sure employees got, you know, five dollar star cards. But e even within ministry, like you know, we would when you would see someone, you know, just take out the trash or whatever. Mm -hmm. Small things to me are big things. Yeah. And you know, there's there were small things I would do that no one would see, and I'd be tempted to like let people know, like you know, look, I mm -hmm. stuck around at the church for an extra two hours, you know. Yeah. To or I came over and you know walked up the building or whatever on my day off or, you know, things like that. But even in the work world, I think it's the same way. You know, you want people to know the extra stuff you do. I mean, yeah. And it's important to, you know, understand that like in the area of giving, when Jesus is talking about, you know, if you give to the poor, don't do it in such a way that people see your good works, you know, or, or don't do it so that they can see your good works doesn't mean that giving to the poor is a bad thing, right? doesn't mean that helping someone out or staying late or doing extra things. There's nothing wrong with those things. It's why are you doing those things? Because God is wanting those things to get done, but he's wanting those things to get done for the sake of what those things are and not for the fact that, oh, people are going to see how good we are, you know? And I think that's, for me, just thinking about it this week, has been the the struggle of trying to see how I can diminish what needs to be done by having the wrong attitude in that area where, oh, yeah, I want to make sure that this happens. And then, well, just make sure it happens. You don't have to wait until someone sees or you don't have to do it in such a way that we publicize it you know and 
it's one of those things where I just like wrestle with, okay, why am I doing this? Should I announce that we're doing this kind of a thing? Or am I doing it because I want people to know how good we are? You know, um, you know, I, I'm, and, and there's, you know, a battle within me because I'm very proud, I guess, of the people like of Genesis. But I don't think it's a bad pride. It's not like, yeah, we're better than you. It's just like, we have some amazing people that have been generous and we've been able to do amazing things. Is it okay to say that? Or am I puffing up our church? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That That's something that I struggle with, just dealing with something like this, where you do good things. You want people to know that it's a good thing because you want them to see it. And acknowledge, wow, look at there's something good that's happening. Because I want people to think of church as a place that does good things, right? Especially people outside the church. Um, but it's the people in the church that tend to get the proud attitude. Mm-hmm. Or at least I do. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, even to be seen, I don't This popped in my head. When I was in Bible college, I remember there would be... More so dudes, the guys would want to, like, show off and how, like, spiritual they were in front of the girls, you know, just kind of, mm-hmm. like, they'd get their guitar and, like, worship in front of the girls' dorms or, like, you know, <laughs> it used to make me sick. I, I called the guy out one time. He got ticked. That, that's just how I was. I would just say, dude, you're such a phony, man. You know, I, that, that's just how I was then. Mm-hmm. And Or even, like, you know, they would, you know, pick up a piece of trash in front of the girls or just, you know, try to impress the girls, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I saw that a lot in, in Bible college, but not to throw those people under the bus. And we were all, I mean, I think back when I was young, I was like 20, 20, 19, 20 years old, and everybody mm-hmm. else was too, so we were all young. So, you know, we were just, I mean, at the time I thought I was old, you know, but mm-hmm. I think back now, like, man, I was just, that's young. I mean, I, I thought I was like prime my age but no i mean 1920 i think i graduated maybe 21 but that's just i mean when i meet 20 20 year olds now it's like hey, you guys are babies you know <laughs> you know and yeah it's easy looking back and i think that's one of the things too in this area of hypocrisy um it's almost easier for me to look back and see the hypocrisy of my life when i was younger and you know maybe have a little bit more uh, ability to discern motives looking back than I am when I'm present, you know, because I get clouded by so many things. And, and I think that's the the struggle that we all have because I think we're all hypocrites, right? Like Erwin says, we're all hypocrites in transition. So then Jesus gives us these ways to, right? So you can still be good, just don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, right? You can still do good, just do it in such a way that it's done in the secret place because your Heavenly Father sees that secret place and lives in that secret place. There's something sacred. It's like that Holy of Holies where God is at, where the good that you do is in the realm of where God is. And if we can do it in that realm then it becomes a good thing. So we have to just learn how to not do it the wrong way, right? Um, how has 
the areas, I mean, we could take any of the areas, whether it's giving, prayer, or fasting. How have any of those things developed with you, maybe from hearing these things um, from Jesus? Mm. Maybe giving, you know, I mean, giving is, especially once you get a family, it's like giving is, it's more of a sacrifice than it mm. was before. Like before, when you don't have a kids to feed, you're like, you know, before giving wasn't that big of a deal for me. No. When, when you're, uh, you don't have any kids or whatever, you're like, giving wasn't that big of a sacrifice. Maybe it was just less Dodger game, less Kings game, less going out to eat. But when you have kids, it's kind of like, well, this is kind of a sacrifice. I got to yeah. get karate lessons. I got, you know, ballet lessons. I got, you know, this, to, you know, food and stuff, clothes and, uh, and it's tough to let, not to let the right hand know or let people yeah. know, you know, yeah. um, it is, it is, a, it is a struggle, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, just to, to give sometimes, uh, especially when you, I mean, sometimes I think, oh, I wish I made more so I could give more, but then I think if I start making more, am I going to really give more, mm-hmm. you know? Or if I win the Powerball or whatever, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give, you know, this many million dollars to the church. But <laughs> if I do, would I really do that? You know, yeah. sometimes I, I like, because I always, you know, in the Powerball, I'll be honest, in the Powerball, if it gets big, I'm like, all right, I'll go get one. I'll buy one ticket, random <laughs> numbers, you know, because I don't win. And, and I always say, okay, if I win, I'm going to give, like, this many millions to my church, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, would I really do that? And, you know. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you're hitting on something that's important, the idea of generosity. Generosity is really a, a thing that goes to the motives, right, that Jesus is trying to address. Why are we doing things? And there are people who have just a generous spirit who I know have been generous towards me, my family, who um, have out of the blue just done things to help us, you know, where we've experienced generosity of people I'm not expecting anything in return. Some people we don't even know who they are, who have helped us out at times of need. Um, and it's that when that happens to me, right? When if there's times, you know, when I lost my job, um, you know, and, and things were really struggling, and people donated food to us, you know, left food for us, or you know, we got money and we didn't know who it was from, and those things happen, and it's kind of that left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing or vice versa, right? It's not not exposing. And so like all I can do is receive this. And there's something special about that, that someone did this, didn't want the recognition, just wanted to bless. And it did, right? It, it affected us in a powerful way. And that generosity um, is something that I find that people who are generous, it doesn't matter how much money they have. Right? They're just generous and they're generous with their time. They're generous with what they do have. You know, when I've done training, I've gone to houses that aren't, aren't very uh, well to do. You know, there's maybe two families living in a home and they invite me to stay for dinner. You know, those kinds of things. And then I go to a, a home where there's, you know, just so much money and they don't offer you water. They don't offer you anything. And it's very, you know, meticulous. They're, they're, you know, asking for a discount on one of the collars that I sell. And I'm like, really? You know, I mean, hmm. it, it's 
you see there's just a different attitude, you know, and those things, I think, translate into life overall. Yeah. Well, I think even when you become, like, for myself, when I've been blessed by being the receive the receiver, like, mm-hmm. a, few, a few years back, we were blessed by, like, church here. It was mm-hmm. Christmas time. We had, my bank account was in the red. You know, like, there's, you know, didn't have nothing. And I was like, shoot, to get someone at church. Oh, we need to get the girls for Christmas. And I was like, sometimes you don't want to tell people, but I was like, oh, this is kind of what's going on. And then I remember, I think Mary called me, oh, can you come by the house really quick? And mm-hmm. I went by and there was this canister, of just cash galore. And I started crying because it was like, I was just blown away by the generosity. Mm-hmm. And then, but then it made me like, want to give more yeah. not just my time but also it felt good when you know i was able to afford to tithe every week because there was mm-hmm. there was times like i couldn't afford to tithe and i felt guilty about it because i remember again like when you work at a church and you would see you know especially counting the tithes i remember counting the tithes mm-hmm. you would see who would give you'd see how much they gave and that was it was a really struggle to like you would see those people, like, or you, or you would like, some people you would never see their name and be like, oh, this person never gives, and look at, they're taking a lot at the potluck, you know, and <laughs> you know, or they want to, you know, receive more. But as you get older, you don't know what the their situation, you know, yeah. you don't know. Maybe they're just barely able to pay rent. They barely able to, you know, you know, so maybe they're in a new job, like you know, myself right now. I'm, in a new job, I mean, not you know, it's the money's a little different, but I mean, sometimes it's 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 tough to you know, you're deciding okay, should I give or should I you know, yeah, and sometimes especially being raised in a church, you're kind of like told if you know, being told if you're not giving, you're not trusting God, yeah. you're not truly you know, oh, you only have five dollars left in your bank account. You still need to give that because, you know, God will provide for you. And, you know, <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. You know, it's always it's that illustration of the lady who just gives the, oh, gosh. Two the, pennies. The two yeah. pennies, yeah. So you're always, oh, look, look, she gave that. And, you know, the rich man didn't, you know, the, the people who came in didn't give n- nothing, but she gave yeah, everything. So, And, and it's yeah. interesting, too, because Jesus is real specific here about giving to those who are in need, right? And so it's not just giving to a church it's when you give to the needy and so i think sometimes that even gets lost right where we have especially in our culture um it's give to the church right and then the whole idea was the church was to give to the needy right and so much of giving to the church ends up just being for the church you know, the church, it supplies the building, it supplies the salaries, it supplies the insurance, it supplies all these things, which are necessary. But then, is that all that it's supplying, right? Where is the exit of money and finances towards others, right? And there's that balance there. I know that we we try and have that kind of a balance to, well, we want to be people who are generous, so we want to do things that are helpful. Um, but are we doing enough? And I don't expect people to just keep a church in business and not 
help people who are in need, you know. Um, and I know that that's happened a few times where people have contributed towards a need that they saw and maybe didn't give towards the church. And it's like, that's okay. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you're giving towards a need and, and that's fine. And it just forces us to have to own, are we being responsible, you know, for the things that we have? And, and I, I think that's a good, you know, challenge, conviction, uh, try and understand what are we here for? I know there's value in teaching, discipling, helping people understand, but it really is about the people. You know, and so this idea of giving isn't just, you know, tithing. It's the idea of helping those who are in need. And it shows up in a lot of different ways. You know, there are people who are in need spiritually. There's people who need prayer. There's people who need a lot of things. And so this can all go towards those things as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think the challenge is, as we talked about, hypocrisy is a mask, right? The The... The problem is when we try to pretend we are someone we're not. And that's um, the tragedy, I think, of the church and of the people who were the religious people at Jesus' times is they were pretending to be close to God when they weren't, right? Um, and so Jesus would give an example a story of the person who was a Pharisee when, thank God, I'm not like this sinner, right? And the sinner couldn't even lift their eyes up and said, Lord, forgive me. And Jesus said, they went away justified, right? And so like one of them is wearing a mask, pretending to be the other one's honest and one receives the justification, right? And so there's almost a, a value to brokenness and humility, taking off the mask mm -hmm. and saying, I, I don't do what I should, you know, or I, I didn't do that, or I, I'm not really uh, giving like I should, or I'm not going to at least pretend that I am, you know, I, I wish I could, but I can't, you know, like you were saying, I, I think there's more to be gained from honesty than from the pretending, you know? Yeah. And, and so, and in your case, you know, you being honest allowed people then to be generous. Where <laughs> if you would have pretended like, oh, yeah, no, we've got it all together, it would have stopped people being able to contribute to the need mm. that you have, you know. And so that's one of those things that are important because it allows us to actually open up. Yeah, I mean, because of it, I mean, I have more of a heart for families that, especially at Christmas time, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always thinking, of like, is there anyone who is in need at Christmas time? Just not just for stuff like that, you know, because yeah. it's it's tough when you're, you have kids and you can't give them a Christmas, you know. And, yeah. Um, it's nice when you finally can, you know, uh, but... When you can't, it really hurts. But then when you get blessed, it just it changes your heart because then when you're blessed to be able to give, you kind of know how that person feels, you know. Yeah. And 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 you know, I have more of a heart because I mean, I've struggled financially most of my life, so it's like I've never been able to, you know, live an easy life. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know people who do. I don't, I don't, uh, but. 
I have more of a heart for, for people who are in need now, you know, just because I've yeah. never done that. And, and it's so hard because everything is so uh, relative, right? We, we're It's relative in the culture that we're at because then if you go to other places like you've gone, you know, to other places in the world where people don't have as much, it's like, oh, man, we do have a lot, you know. Um, and so all these things just force us to to value things in the right way to, you know, hold loosely to the things that we have that aren't as important and maybe hold more tightly to the things, the people who are important, you know, to help keep our balance in these things so that we don't start living for the, you know, appearance, living for the recognition, living to have the things, living so that people notice us, um, don't fall into that trap, right? Because it's a different realm. That's, you know, you get your reward. That's all it is. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where you, you don't remember, you know, that years later. You know, whatever that recognition was, it won't last. You know, it, it, it becomes a nostalgia that makes you weak. It's like Uncle Rico you know, and Napoleon Dynamite, you know, yeah, I could have made all state if I would, have, you know, put me in coach. And it's like, oh, that's sad. You know, this guy's still living back there in his past. And now it's a tragedy, you know, and that that's what will happen if we, you know, try and hold on to those things that are moments because of recognition, then they become nostalgic places that we hold on to that kind of taint who we are. Um, I know that in the church arena, in this area where it is prevalent to act this way, um, there are times when we are weak, we are in need, but we pretend not to be because if we show people what's really happening, we'll be judged for it. Yeah, I mean, that's how I felt. You know, I felt like... If I let people know, then they're going to look at me as not a good father. I'm not a good husband at the time, you know. Uh, just, they would look at me as like, oh, not even like a real Christian, you know. Like he doesn't mm. really trust God. He doesn't have a strong walk with God because God's not taking care of his needs. You know, it's something that, you know, I would struggle with, you know, because I'd mm-hmm. be like, okay, I can't afford to feed my kids or I can't afford to buy them gifts or whatever and uh i would feel as if okay if i say anything it's gonna be i'm gonna or i'm gonna sound like i'm looking for charity you know Mm -hmm. looking like you know begging you know i I didn't want to be that person even even like when i would you know again working at the church and people were coming for help sometimes we would question them like okay really do they really need yeah do they really need the help do they really need you know us to pay a bill or help do they really need the money? Mm-hmm. Because money is such a sensitive subject. I mean, it's yeah. <clears throat> it's topic, you know, talking about finances, talking about money. And, you know, it's like even when you start a new job, and for me, it's, I'm always nervous. Okay, what am I getting paid? You know, or <laughs> when, I mean, even like when I started my new job, I, I was nervous to ask, hey, what day do I get paid? Or when, when, do, I, <laughs> when, when do I get paid? You know, I was like nervous to ask that you know even like when i got my first check i was like oh shoot this is a lot smarter than i thought but then i looked at the dates i was like oh that's only one week if i was like oh, 
<laughs> I, I was so nervous. Like, okay, I think I made a mistake in changing jobs. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have taken this job. But then I looked and saw that for the for one week you get paid every okay. other week, and that paycheck was only for one week. I was like, oh, okay, all right, let's <laughs> gonna live. Okay, I'll, I won't be too bad, you know. Now I know you've shared this publicly before, so I, I, that's why I bring it up. You know, you've talked about how um, just suffering with depression and things, and, and the the struggle you had coming out with those things, right? At a church, being at a church and saying, "I I feel depressed," you know, at that time, and this was years ago. Um, and and not being able to be honest and not being able to, you know, get the guidance that you needed, you know, where years later you were able to seek and get counseling um, and find, you know, help, you know, to get you through those things where before it was almost like, no, you can't reveal that. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get judged. You're going to get labeled. You know, people are going to uh, have this attitude towards you. And that's, you know, hurt you in a lot of ways. I mean, not just at the church in your life. Um, what was what was the struggle like for you where you felt like you could not reveal the things that were really happening within you for fear of, you know, I don't know, what did you fear, I guess? I think it was also the fear of, there was a bunch of stuff. I mean, not just the fear of people thinking that I wasn't a true believer, I wasn't a true Christian, mm -hmm. that I wasn't a, a real man, um, that I, you know, was not a good father, not a good husband, not a good, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it was, I felt like, okay, I'm not a good person, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not, I don't have a true faith in God. You know, I don't have a true trust in Jesus Christ. You know, and it, it, it was, you know, it was tough. You know, even I think again, finances makes depression even worse because you just feel like I'm not taking yeah. care of those needs. You know, I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have the nice home, you know, I don't have, you know, like, I feel like I'm going to live in a van down by the river, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but, uh, again, being raised in the church, I mean, luckily, I mean, a lot of churches now are a lot more open to mental health. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard so many churches now who actually hire psychologists and therapists, Christian psychologists and therapists on their staff to counsel people. Yeah. So being raised in the church, if you were told about if you had mental health issues, it meant that you were not saved. It meant yeah. that you were not a true believer. It meant that you didn't have a true faith in God. So, I mean, that was another reason why it was like, okay, I can't say anything because mm -hmm. back then, I mean, I mean, it's, it's like I said, I think it's awesome that churches are really, yeah changing i mean i think maybe the last i'd say three years i think i've seen a really big change in mm -hmm. in the american church yeah you know uh, not uh i think if you're i mean we, we've been to the uk and it's different there i mean they're mm -hmm. they're more i mean they've been open to that for a long time out there their church is so different in the parts of the world where the american church is just 
to me, does more harm than good sometimes. Yeah, trying to put up a good front. Good yeah. Appearance. Yeah. I mean, what... And this is up to you, you know, how much you want to share. I don't want to put you on a spotlight. Uh, if it's uncomfortable for you, just say, yeah, well, you know, you can just kind of let me know. But when you had these struggles and you felt like you needed to share something but were unable to, um, what did that do to you in your uh, I guess relationship with God? How did... How did it affect you? Was it something that, because here you are a person of faith still, right? You didn't lose that faith. Did it draw you towards God more? Did it, what What happened in that scenario with you? I mean, times I would question God. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, like, 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 God, are you really there? Do you really care? Do you really love me? Are you really, you know, mm -hmm. do you really exist sometimes, you know? This is, is this thing real because I see other people being tremendously blessed, and sometimes I'd feel like I'm more, you know, what's it, it's more spiritual, you know, mm -hmm. than that person. And look at they're like so blessed, they have everything, they yeah. have the good job, they have the big family, they got the big house, and I don't have any of that. Or, you know, this, this person has done, you know, they've had multiple affairs, they've had. They've cheated on their taxes. They've stolen, and look, they're they're <laughs> doing good to the world's eyes. Yeah. And so I sometimes I just, you know, again, I would just hide it in. You know, mm -hmm. it, 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 it was it was a struggle at times. You know, and it took years and years before I would even reveal it, talk to anyone about yeah. it because I was scared. Because like the one two times I did, I just got torn a new one you know yeah. it just it made me feel even worse than if i were to get help so it was just like i mean sometimes i'd be tempted to do just do the worldly things i guess you can call it usually like yeah. christian terms it's like you know I might as well just go and party and have a good time because maybe i'd be happier but yeah i mean it, it was tough holding it in because like i said being raised in the church you, that, that was really frowned yeah. upon. I know um, I, I heard uh, someone speaking one time just recently on a podcast about her struggle having cancer and going through these things where, as Jesus talks about, you know, you receive your reward and he talks about this heavenly reward and then we have this earthly reward that these different realms and the way we measure things is, is different. You know, a heavenly reward is is different in its essence. It's not, I think I said, it's not streets of gold is your heavenly reward. Your heavenly reward is actually the presence of God with you, where the earthly reward is the recognition or the money, those things that you saw. You know, look, I see these people are getting these things, right? Um, and it, it's a, a difficult thing when we live in a, a place where everything is about what you see, everything is about recognition, where it's very much an honor and shame culture. You're either, you know, an idol or you're, you know, someone who's despised. And we live kind of in that realm. And yet there's this other realm where God is working in the life of someone who does have cancer and is struggling, even though, like you said, man, I've 
given my life to serving you. I've given my life to writing about you, to studying and to doing all these great things. And here I am in this realm, not looking like I have any success. But how do we get to see this other realm, right? Where now God is actually near the brokenhearted, the scripture would say. God is actually close to even in the Beatitudes, Jesus would say the poor in spirit, those who mourn, right? Jesus is saying that that characteristic is more where the reward actually is, right? And so maybe we're just not seeing clearly, right? Because we are so polluted by the culture and the things that we see, Mm. you know, and it gets twisted. And I mean, that's something that I, I just, you know, wrestling through and trying to see, okay, how do I live in this different realm where I'm not so affected by all these other things? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. You, even like now what I'm going through, like you, first it was the depression and anxiety I was going through. And I mean, uh, I still, I mean, it's not as bad as it was a few years ago. Um, I still have off and on battle, but not near. I mean, the depression's pretty much gone. Still anxiety, but now it's like, because back then, again, in the church, even like now being, being divorced, it's like tough to like admit that to church mm. people. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to let people to know that you're divorced because if they find out you are, then like, wow, you're, you're not. So I feel like every time, like my life, I feel like, okay, first is depression, anxiety, and like, I'm not a true believer. Now it's like, now I'm divorced. Now it's like, so now it's like people try to. Now you're disqualified. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now, I mean, I do struggle. So now I do feel like maybe I'm disqualified from ministry now mm-hmm. because that's what I was taught. You know, that that's yeah. what I was brainwashed with was that if a person's divorced for non-sexual sin, they're not qualified for ministry anymore. Yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I'm going through a support group right now. And that, that's, we, we talked about that yeah. and, and it's something that we, it's tough to admit to. Yeah. And one of the leaders in the group said it took him a couple of years to finally like, you know, he met a new family in church and they said, Oh, you know, they said, Hey, is our kids were married? And he goes, Oh, I'm divorced. And he said the first time he said it, it was like, yeah. wow. He said it, it actually was like a, a monkey off his back. He actually felt like comfortable. Yeah. He's like, cause he could admit to, he said, he said the people looked at him like, Whoa, like, yeah. <laughs> he said it. So like, not proudly, but just in a way, just, just yeah, matter yeah, of fact, yeah, just matter of yeah. fact, Hey, I'm divorced. This is my yeah. daughter. And you know, um, it, it, I still struggle with that right now. I mean, yeah. shoot, I'm doing it right now on YouTube and <laughs> on a podcast right now, but it, it is, a, it's, it's still a struggle. If I bump into people who haven't been at church in a while, or I bump into people from, I mean, I've been to, a few churches bumping from old churches. I usually don't say it. You know, yeah. they, they do ask me, Oh, how's, you know, your wife doing? I'm, oh yeah, she's good. She's you now, I'll say she's doing great. She's, you know, I'll tell yeah. everything she's doing right now. I'm like, Oh, that's good. I'm like, yeah. They're, yeah. And great. you don't want to get into that conversation, yeah. you know, and just for the record, we don't believe that Jason's disqualified. <laughs> um, and, and I talked about divorce not too long ago, just how there is that, misuse of you know scripture to 
box things in where Jesus was never intending it to be. Uh, and, and again, the shame that that is, that the place that is supposed to be a place for healing and openness has become something different, right? Become a place where we, we hide those things because otherwise we get judged, right? Otherwise we're seen as, you know, something we're not. And the silly thing is we're all doing it, right? We're all something we're not. None of us are completely open and honest. You know, the, the first time you go on a date, you're the biggest liar in the world, right? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're never out there saying all of what's true about you. You're always trying to play yourself up in these things. It's just something that we all do. You know, I shared that story of my uh, grandson and he comes in in his little Spider-Man outfit, you know, and he's all of three foot tall and he thinks he's Spider-Man or he thinks he can fool me. And it's like the cutest thing, but really it's silly because that's really what we do, right? We come across, yes, I've got it all together where any of us, if we knew our humanity, we would say, I know you're just like me, right? I know you struggle and I know you have doubts. I know you're selfish like I'm selfish. I know that we all have these things to varying degrees. Can we at least just admit that we need each other? We need help. We need to be able to be honest. We need to be able to be there for each other. I mean, that's what I love about like groups like the AA that meets here on Friday. You know, it's just an OBS thing. You come here, I am this, and everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. And and they're they're okay with it. It's like we didn't expect you to be anything but that's why you're here isn't that why we're here right shouldn't that be why we're here we're here because we need a a a savior we we need help we we need guidance we need someone to help us in our ability to be charitable our ability to you know know how to give in the right way not the wrong way you mm-hmm. know in those areas or or the same thing with the you know fasting we we have to be able to see that if i come across this way then what i'm really trying to do is be something i, I love what he says in verse 16 of matthew 6 he says when you fast do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. And literally it means they become unrecognizable in order to be recognized, right? It's like, I'm going to purposefully look different so that you can see me, hmm. right? I know you shared with me, you know, that Five Iron Frenzy song that talks about masks. I don't yes. know if there's part of that you want to Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's a band... Um... Five Iron Frenzy. They're a punk ska band. They came out with a new album this year called, uh, I forget what it's called, but it came out in January. And they they don't call themselves a Christian band. They were, you know, but they're very, their newest album, they really call out the left church. I'll just read the opening lyrics to a song called, my favorite song on the album is called, uh, called Wall Supplies Last. I think another reason why I liked it was while I was working at Sprouts and I saw how people acted. During this time, but the, the opening of the song says, "You're offended at the wrong thing, brother, and you're burning oil all your, your, and you're burning all your bridges with hate. You fall asleep while Jesus stayed up weeping, while the Pharisees were plotting our fate. Yesterday was peaceful, now your verses are deceitful. I mean, it just, and then there's another part of the song. I'll read it really quick. Uh, you're uh, hiding behind your mask while the supplies last. 
Did you waste your prayers protecting snipers while you hoarded all the Lysol and diapers? Save some profits for your court of vipers because your God only favors survivors. Hmm. I mean, just, yeah. They, I mean, the, the whole, pretty much whole album are songs like that. Uh, what was funny, the, the, the album came out the week of the Capitol attack, and there's a song on there about mm-hmm. attacking the Capitol, but not that way. And, like, the lead singer, <laughs> he, he's he's a Reese Roper. He's a, he's a funny guy. But people were, like, people thought, like, he wrote the song for about the, that. that. <laughs> but it just happened to come out the week of that happening. But um, I mean, you may not like that style of music, but I would recommend just, read, like, looking up the album, reading the lyrics, yeah. because they... I mean, every song is just very. I mean, of all their albums, it's my favorite one because yeah. it, it really wakes it, it wakes you up, hmm. you know. And and I really appreciate them just calling out, yeah, uh, the church because uh, someone wrote they had an album with like a robot on years, like maybe ten, fifteen years of that with a robot, but uh, somebody had made a new version of the robot, the robot picking up the church and shaking it. And just kind of shaking, you know, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, it, it's, I mean, to talk about the mask, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's so relevant and it was a time of Jesus where these religious leaders, and again, we call them religious leaders because they were the voice, the, the face that everyone saw. And it's the same thing happening today. The people that are being seen. I think Randy mentioned Sunday about, you know, one pastor said that if people would give more, then Jesus would come sooner, <laughs> you know, kind of things where the hypocrisy is seen and recognized by people outside. And that's one of the reasons they don't ever want to come inside is because they see this hypocrisy. And instead of recognizing it, or at least trying to understand what they're seeing, there's this tendency to just hold our ground and put that mask up. And again, not everybody, but um, that has been true for the most part, right? I, I think the majority of what is seen as Christianity that's prevalent out there on the airwaves or in, in the people's faces is seen in this hypocrisy sense, right? And, and the interesting thing that I kind of close with because this is to me it was really intriguing how jesus talks about this idea of the people who are poor right giving to the poor that it's something that does something to the people who give it 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 puts us in a place almost of empathy when we do it with the right motive right so when i give to someone who is in need and i am doing it prayerfully and i'm doing it in humility or weakness in the fasting and the lack of strength then god is actually revealed in that whole scenario right that i am benefiting by my giving like jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive that by giving i actually need the poor to help make me more human more true right I need them so that I can show generosity because by showing generosity, it makes me healthy, right? And when I do it from a place of fasting and I do it from a place of prayer as opposed to being a place where I'm seen, 
it actually is what I need. You know, if I have the means, then that's what's going to be healthy for me. If I have the means and I do it to be seen, well, then I'm just getting the receipt. That's all you get, buddy. But if I do it with the right motive, it actually does something beneficial to my soul, right? And I know that you have been generous in the past, especially with the kids and, and how you've served, where you've you've been generous and you you've been generous with your time. You go to people's games, you know, you've gone to kids who were in your youth ministry for years and you still are in touch with them. Um, you went to, uh, did you go to a memorial service recently? Yeah. You know, someone called and asked for you to be there after how many years was it? I mean, yeah, I've been 10, 11 years in the, uh, one of the kids who I used to have in children's ministry and junior high ministry, passed away of a, a drug overdose and his, his mom reached out to me yeah. and, uh, I've been, I'm, in fact, I'm still been in contact with her. I mean, last week I, I brought, I dropped a book off for her and, um, we're planning to have dinner together with her and her family. And it, it still blows me away that some of the families that, you know, they, they still reach out. I mean, it's sad that I've been to two memorial services since, yeah. you know, I left, you know, yeah. uh, for, uh, one was a suicide, one was a drug overdose, but it blows me away that the family's still like, we want you there. And yeah. it's like. Wow, <laughs> and uh, and even at the memorial service, they mentioned the children's ministry. Yeah, I think that the pastor who I'd never even there was a pastor I never didn't know he was, and talked about oh he talked about the children's ministry at the church he went to, and I'm sitting there like, and yeah. the the mom like I, when I went and dropped I dropped a book off for her last week, and she said we actually really wanted you to share, and, and I was I was happy I. Wait, be like, I wouldn't know what to say because I mean it's tough because I hadn't seen him in ten, eleven years. Yeah. And when I saw pictures, I knew him as a kid, and it was weird because you know they have the pictures up there, and, and like I didn't recognize him as an adult. I'm like, yeah. that that's not CJ. I'm like, that's a that's a man, you know. And uh, and it's it is heartwarming. It is it does bless me when I still get families who kind of yeah. reach out to me or even kids. They'll see me and like. Sometimes I feel like I did nothing, you know, but yeah, see that that's what I see is that secret place, right? That's where your reward is in heaven. The secret things that God rewards and sees, those are the things, you know, because it was you caring for and investing in the lives of those kids that is still carried on, right? It's still remembered where if you did something just to be seen, to get recognized, it would have happened. It would have been done. But here you were doing something that no one knew. I didn't know what you were doing. Probably no one else really knew what you were doing. You were just doing it because you cared for the kids. Mm -hmm. And years later, it's showing up yeah. in your life. And I'm happy I was able to have that part of my life before I had my own kids. Mm -hmm. Because I remember there would be family. Of course, at the time, I was wanted to get married, have my own kids. And uh, I used to have moms, one particular mom, she'd always say, she, I just want you to know, I always pray that you don't get married because <laughs> then you're not going to be able to invest into our kids. <laughs> and you know, honestly, if if I would have, if I would be doing what I did back then, now, I would not be going to those baseball games, those dance recitals, those soccer games. I would not be, you know, have going to their house for dinner. Is mm -hmm. that because if I had free time, I'm with my girls. Yeah. I mean, sorry, your your kids are, 
don't care. I mean, not that I don't care, but it's like <laughs> I care, but I don't care as much as that. Then it was just like I was, was able to yeah. – that was my life. Yeah. That was like if honestly my days off were doing that. Yeah. If I had a day off, it was like, okay, let's go to their ball game. Let, let's, or let's go to a ball game together. Let's go to Disneyland together. Those are my days off. Yeah. That, my days off were investing into those kids. And if, if I was doing that as a father, like a father of my Gloria and Amalia now, I wouldn't do that unless their kids were in the same dance group and karate group as my girls. Then I wouldn't go yeah. because you, you only know, have so much time. Yeah. 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 You have that time, and, and yeah, if you had a wealth of time and a wealth of money, then maybe you could, but mm. you're limited, so you, your focus now is invested in your family, and understandable. I mean, that's why a lot of youth ministers, people are single, you know, because they're able to do things like that, where families are more limited, and understandably so. That's kind of why Paul said it's good not to be married, um, if you're going to be doing all these things, because otherwise... You got to take care of your family, mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's a healthy thing to have to do that. But I just think that that is evidence of that secret place where God was doing something through your generosity, you know, where you were giving. And, and it wasn't, you know, just in finances. I mean, it was giving of your time and I'm sure some money, too. But that giving had enduring effect because it was done in the secret place so to speak you know you weren't doing it to be seen recognized you weren't doing it to make a name for yourself you were doing it just because you cared for the kids right and it shows up and and i think that translates in all these areas of our lives it happens even with your family you're you know you, you don't do for your girls because you're going to be seen you do it because you love them and that's gonna have an effect in their lives for years to come as their dad you know, even through the teenage years when, you know, I'm not looking yeah, forward to that. <laughs> hey, it might be no problem for hmm. you guys. But the whole idea is they'll remember that you care. They'll remember you love. They'll remember those things because those things are part of, I think, that uh, heavenly realm, you know, that's there. Any other thoughts or final thoughts or things that, you know, mm -hmm. came to mind maybe just during this whole thing? I'm... It was a good talk. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on again. I, I enjoy doing this. It's nice now with like my new job. I don't work till ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. I do have to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning <laughs> or three tomorrow. I don't have to wake up till three forty-five, which <laughs> is late. But um, it's nice to be able to have my evenings again and be able to do this. I mean, I'm gonna be rushing home as soon as this is over to, <laughs> going, to going to bed but uh but yeah i i enjoy the talks i mean it's that's cool yeah. it's good to have you here i do want to share one thing um i got an announcement that while we were doing this actually i got two just got another one as many some of you know uh josh whaley uh danny and melissa's youngest son uh had a blood clot they believe you know he had blood clots in his arms um they think it's from his wrestling and the things that he's done they've had to do a number of surgeries she said that he's out and feeling better uh, most the clot is mostly gone in his arm and they put a stent in his arm still on blood thinners to get rid of the clots in his lungs he said he feels the best he's felt in weeks and then she melissa just said 
He has one more procedure tomorrow to take the sleeve out and then the CT scan. So we want to be praying for Josh Whaley as he's in the hospital and dealing with blood clots. Gosh, he's just a, a young man. He's just in college, so I'm thinking he's probably like 19 or something like that. Um, but anyway, please keep Josh Whaley up in your prayers that the procedures are successful, that the blood clots are removed without any harm to his body, because um, that's a scary thing. But he's been in the hospital for a few days now, and today was a big deal and a big day. So we're glad that he's doing better, but continue praying for him. And again, thank you, Jason, for being here. And while we close, let's close in prayer. I want to lift up Josh as we kind of close out. God, thank you for Jason. Thank you for the the wealth of things that you have done in his heart in the the secret and hidden areas that are the heavenly realm, Lord. And I pray you continue to do that work in his life and through him, Lord. And Father, I lift up the Whaley's to you. I pray that you would strengthen that family. And I pray that you would remove all those blood clots in Josh from his arms to his lungs. And you would do it in a way that is healthy for him overall and has no more complications. I thank you for getting him through this surgery. And I pray you continue to do so. And Lord, I know of other friends, dear friends of ours who are in the hospital right now. And I know they don't want to be mentioned, but Lord, may your hand be upon them. Give their body strength, give their minds and their hearts peace and bring healing to them. And those who are in their orbit, Lord, those who are around them, may you use them to encourage and strengthen and again, give our doctors wisdom as they treat our beloved friends. And we lift these things to you and we trust you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again, Jason. Appreciate you, man. No problem. Thank you. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.